It's Wednesday, and yeah, you've heard correctly. We have been hit with a love TKO. It's official. WWE has been sold. The sale has gone through. We're going to get into that, all of the fallout connected to it, and a whole lot more. It's the Wednesday edition of WWT Live. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. Good day, good family. Happy Wednesday to you. I am Gerard Bonner, the professor around these parts. And welcome to WWT Live as part of Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. I hope you guys are having a great Wednesday. As you know, in the world of pro wrestling, there's never a dull moment. And uh, when we talked to you Monday, we were anticipating what would happen yesterday. It's happened, and there's been a ton of fallout from it. So we're going to get into all of that. But, of course, you know me. I'm never exactly alone. Thankfully, we brought in the big guns for this one. This guy, you don't get to see him all the time. When it's the super big stories, that's when he is here Give it up for Mr. Hey. For Your Wear. It's blue. What's going on, brother? What's going on? What's going on? You know how to step in here on a Wednesday oh, after yes. big news. Oh, yes. <laughs> big news. Here comes blue, man. You doing good? I'm doing all right. Just missing Jersey as usual. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get me yeah, out yeah. of here. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. Florida is a fun, fun place. Have you had a chance to go to the PC yet? Uh, No, I haven't. I was supposed to go that one time and then... The, they said it was supposed to be a hurricane coming by. So I was like, oh, okay, maybe it's not safe for me to go drive in this rain. And it, it ended up being nothing. It was got nothing, you. Burger. So, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I have to head out there again. If I, if I would have known Becky was going to be there yesterday, I definitely would have uh, probably made my way out there. Okay. Um, okay. But yeah, I, I'm definitely planning to go see the, you know, the performance center. Okay. I've seen some attractions around here. I got some time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a little bit of time. Orlando <laughs> is a fun place. And also joining the party, it's the one and only DJ Chuck. What's going on, good brother? Happy West Coast Wednesday. Happy Wu-Tang Wednesday. Good to see yeah. you, Professor Blue. Finally good to, to talk in person and, and be on the air with each other, man. I know Same, we, man. We've, we've talked in the, the WhatsApps of the world, man, but it's good to be on the air with you, man. Same right here. Absolutely. So shout out to uh, all of you who are joining us either live or will join us in the chat. The good brother Cedric is with us. So we know it's going to be uh -oh. all right. And Bex T. And I guess we can say, of course, Ced's new shirt is up, uh, of course, uh, creating controversy, which is what he does. Right. It's a great, great thing. You guys can, of course, check that out uh, where you get your doing it. WWT <laughs> for your wear. Let me move on quickly. Controversy creates cash. Shout it out creates cash. Shop. And there was a lot of cash exchanged yesterday as the big news in all things pro wrestling is the formation of the brand new company called TKO, which is the result of Endeavor's purchase of the WWE blue. Would you like to get into this story? Yeah. Give me one sec. So I can pull up the proper articles as <laughs> there's multiples. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's a lot of, uh, there's a things. lot of going on with this one for sure. For sure. Now you guys remember as he's pulling that up, you know, we first got word of this sale the day after WrestleMania, 
And mm-hmm. uh, there have been a lot of questions in terms of what's happening with the sale. You know, what does this mean for the WWE? What does it mean for UFC? All of the things have been the questions. And uh, we got some degree of answers with that yesterday as uh, TKO, which if you think about how big of a deal this is, they actually rang the bell for uh, on Wall Street at the New York Stock Exchange yesterday. And so you had Vince McMahon, you had Nick Khan, you had, you know, all of the parties from Endeavor. Uh, you had Dana White yep. from the UFC. Like you had all the people, Bianca Belair, Montez Ford, uh, uh, Triple H, all of the people were there to signify this new beginning of TKO. Go ahead, Blue. Yeah, so the deal was announced before market opening yesterday morning. Uh, The TKO group holding shares are up 0.78% at $101.44. That was mid-morning trading. That's um, off their highs. But that's that's pretty good start for them. Uh, Like you said, they had Bianca Belair, McMahon, Triple H was there, uh, uh, Dana White, a few people over on their side. And just seeing them at the Walmart, I'm still Walmart. What am I thinking? Oh, God. <laughs> on Wall Street. Wow. <laughs> just seeing wow. them on Wall Street <laughs> with their titles and just seeing the pictures was just uh, amazing. And a lot of talk was going on as well as, as you said, Bianca Belair being there with Montez Ford is as do they see Bianca Belair as the true face of WWE currently? I was shocked mm. to not see Roman Reigns in, in the situation, even though he's mm. and, you know doing things of that nature. Uh, it was interesting to see his absence and this great monumental moment. Um, Nick Khan was kind enough to sit down with ESPN to have a, a conversation about how these two mergers between UFC and WWE creating TKO could, you know, blend. He mentioned how past UFC fighters, after they are done their time at UFC, have transitioned over to WWE and that this would may help make the transition a lot easier for them. So can we see more UFC being involved in WWE in the future? It'll sound like he's uh putting that out of order. Like <laughs> it seems like to be a real thing that could be happening. Um, so that's something that'll be interesting to look at as well. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel about the merger. Uh, it's gonna be interesting to see. I'll share my thoughts after you guys. Well, let me let me start by reminding us that this is not a merger. I was about to say that, Professor. Everybody's calling it a merger. Clear so that well, up they're not right. Let me help you with that. <laughs> Because I heard you explain that, so please explain for the people, because I'm still a little confused. Let, let me that. explain uh, the difference between a merger and an acquisition. With a merger, the two companies, the two brands would literally combine, and right. they'd be doing the same thing. Let me give you an example. Um, when what we know as Verizon was first started, it was uh, Bell Atlantic yep. and GTE. Right. And what happened with both of these phone companies is they came together became one phone company. It was no longer Bell Atlantic and GTE. It was now Verizon. All of those territories were considered uh, Verizon. And so then it was now figuring out, okay, now that we have one company, the people who held multiple roles, which of those people would now stay, which would go, how would we combine these things, et cetera, et cetera. The difference here is, What UFC and WWE have done is they have come under a new parent company. The new parent company is TKO. So what this essentially means is you can almost look at it like a blended family. You know, now my brother has come in. We're not the same person. We just have the same parents. 
Right. So what this means uh, for the UFC oh yeah, and yeah. So what this means for UFC and TKO, excuse me, and WWE is they now get to pull from some of the same pools. For example, when again going back to the reference of Bell Atlantic GTE into Verizon, you know, we then didn't have a Bell Atlantic president and a GTE president. We had the president and CEO of Verizon, and they figured out how they bring those staffs, but they would bring those staffs together. So in this case, Dana White is still the president of UFC. Nick Khan is still the president of WWE. What's happened with Vince McMahon is he has become the executive chairman of TKO. So all of those kinds of things uh, are happening in that regard. Um, but this is not a merger. And that's why even though people uh, in media are calling it that, that is not what this is, which is, for, for instance, why Nick Khan was able to speak to whether or not uh, UFC talent would be able to come to WWE. I also, in this process, want to read for you guys uh, a portion of the article. There was a quote that was made, which, again, would help some people. And here's the quote. The quote says, there's been speculation of rolling the leagues together, which if you rolled them together, that'd be the definition of a merger. Uh, but that won't happen domestically, at least for a while. Internationally, there's a lot of opportunity for that. Mm -hmm. But currently in the U.S., we'll be negotiating UFC and WWE individually just by virtue of the fact that they're in different renewal cycles. And this is referencing their media rights. Uh, so for those who don't know, the WWE's media rights, meaning their ability to air on uh, Fox right now and USA, that runs through 2024. Those media rights are already up for discussion right now. The, the deal that WWE did with Peacock goes through 2026. So there's still a little bit more time on that. But the media rights are certainly a bit more immediate right now, um, which is where the discussion is. And again, the Endeavor Company, which is the parent company of TKO, has done a great job negotiating media rights for a lot of different spaces like the Olympics, you know, the NBA, lots of other, uh, Wimbledon, a lot of big places. So it's been uh, a thing and they're very, very good at these media rights negotiations. So I wanted to make sure we kind of get a clear right. understanding on what TKO actually is. It is a new parent company, which is why, again, in this photo, you see belts from both organizations there. Right. Um, right. You know, that type of thing. But yeah, these are two separate companies that are now under the umbrella of TKO. Kind of like, you know, at one point you had uh, like a BET and a country music channel all under Viacom. Right. 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 They're not the same channel. Still They're, is. Right. They still are. They still are. <laughs> still they different brands. They speak to different audiences, but they have the same parent company. That's, that's a great analogy from my brain right there. Yeah. That's what we have right now with UFC and WWE under TKO. Understood. So I want to make sure everybody's clear on that. So how do you like this partnership? Um, before well, we go any further, sure, go I think we can't say another word about the subject before we play this. <laughs> well played. It, it well would have been, been a missed opportunity if we didn't play a little bit of that. Well played. Uh, had to.
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're talking $21 billion here. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, and to Cedric's point, uh, there wasn't any current UFC fighters there. And from the way they were handling media this past weekend during their events, I don't think they wanted anybody there <laughs> from UFC because yeah. their language, they have no holds bar language. And a lot of things were said this past weekend where I was just like cringed. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, yo, we're saying this in the ring. We're saying this in the media. Like, mm. where's the PR person? So mm-hmm. I don't think they wanted anybody there speaking their minds in that yeah. instance. No yeah. one got talking points. And that's interesting. Interesting you said it because we saw, you know, of course, Montez Ford and Bianca Belair out there, which they them popping up for something like this shows the the faith they have in them as performers in the future. That's a big look. Yes. Especially, yes. I, I think that Montez Ford solo push has been confirmed with this scenario. <laughs> I really think so. Um, there's no reason to bring up. There's no reason to break up the profits. You still can be a tag team, have a great solo run. But I think there's going to be a lot of things going on for him. You know, coming soon here. But going back to it was Daniel. Uh, what's his last name? Who's Cormier. Cormier. Oh, I didn't mm-hmm. want to screw it up. Although yeah, Dan- yeah. Daniel Cormier has had WWE uh, cameos before. Yes, yeah. so, so it's it's not like you're picking a, a a fighter that has not had a connection to WWE, someone who's been sure. purely UFC. So that could speak to something, possibly. I don't know if we're just digging too deep in there. Maybe we're just speculating too much. But you're right. The I feel like the language hasn't been. I think Nick Khan has done the most talking. I think of out of anybody, he has. He has. Whether he it be has. Vince, Dana White, or or Triple, mm-hmm. he's done the most PR in this. And yeah, uh, I think there's a lot of questions on the UFC side. So, you know what? It doesn't surprise me because I, I've I've listened to a couple uh, Dana White interviews as of late. He's not in the titles. He's just like, I mean, is is that not most the most rich thing you can hear in your life? I'm not in the titles. I'm just a guy that I, I know what my role is, and I'm just you know just here to right. have fun and do my right. thing, right? Right. So I don't think we're gonna hear too much. On from Dana White's front on the money end, I think it's going to be more of of Nick Khan is going to take the lead on it. And the other interesting thing about the TV rights, since we're on the topic of that, you know, the course is conversation of will they get the price they're asking for because they want more money. They do. But the state of the entertainment industry in the television industry here in Los Angeles, more protesting. Mm-hmm. Writer strike hasn't taken care of. Of course, WWE is a non-union workplace. But the bottom line of the places they're going to get their TV rights from are definitely feeling the pinch. A lot of developmental deals, a lot of things are being put on hold right now. Yeah. Are they going to get that money depending on how – I mean, even if the strike were to end today, they've lost millions, billions of dollars just in the last couple months. And they got to recoup. Yeah. Are they going to have that money to to hand over to WWE? I, I mean, there's rumors of Disney possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're going to stay with NBC Universal with with uh, Raw and NXT. I don't think they're going to get the number they want for mm. SmackDown. I I mm. I don't know. I I I don't see it. I think Fox Fox is Fox has been 50-50 on how they feel about SmackDown. I feel like they're somewhat happy, but they don't feel like they've gotten the full extent. It seems like they they. I don't know. It just seems like Fox hasn't been truly truly like over the moon happy with this relationship. Or am I? looking yeah. into it too deep what what i'm curious of and this reminds me of you know when we had the discussions about aew collision i wonder what it is that wwe promised fox in terms of mm. what they're going to deliver with ratings because at the end of the day it's about expectations set and then expectations met 
right? Yeah. So if Fox was given the expectation, hey, we're going to deliver three million a week, well, then it's not going to look like that, right? right if right. they were told we're going to deliver a million and a half and this two plus million they've been getting, that'll be different. So it'll be interesting. Uh, I don't know how that's going to work. Again, what I think is different is, you know, if you look at, and we won't get too into the weeds on this, but the board members that are now a part of TKO, you know, a lot of people made a big deal that Triple H will no longer be on the board. Um, but the people who are on the board are very, very financially savvy. And they're savvy in terms of making these kinds of deals. So the board that we're seeing for TKO isn't necessarily the kind of board you would have seen for WWE. Right. So that means that TKO is really looking at where are we going to get the most bang for our buck, right? Yep. And they're fully trusting the strength of the products of UFC and WWE to the people who are already running those brands. That'd be, you know, the Dana Whites of the world, the Nick Cons of the world. And in terms of creative for WWE, that would be Triple H. So it'll be interesting to see how all of this pans out. Blue. I was going to say, in terms of the Fox deal, I feel like, um, I don't know if everybody remembers, the reason why the Fox deal played out the way it did is because in the beginning, WWE was looking to sell to Fox, and Fox didn't feel like the number that he requested was the right amount that he would want to spend. This Fox, this SmackDown deal was really a trial run to see how it would look on Fox before mm. they made an official offer to buy WWE. So now this whole situation with TKO changes everything because in Fox's mind, they were in the running to buy the company, and now you just created a whole new partnership that's be basically cutting them out, and now I have to still pay TV rights. So I don't think this is an ideal position that Fox wanted to begin with, because that's not what they agreed. That I don't know what they agreed right. upon, but that wasn't the initial thoughts of going into this with SmackDown. Um, Fox also has Fox also has a TV deal with UFC. I'm not mistaken, correct? They do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. But again, they wanted to own WWE. They didn't want right. <laughs> it's right. just the TV rights. They wanted to see how much could they make and if it would have made sense in the long run. Um, and now they, I don't even think, I don't know if that's an option or not still, but now they have to pay for more TV rights. I don't think that's something they really want is looking mm -hmm. at. Um, yeah. In terms of the partnership, I've, I mentioned this, you know, Professor was here when I mentioned it before. My question is always the product. Mm -hmm. And now with this whole thing with Nick Khan saying, like, you never know if you'll we'll see if UFC can jump into WWE. Not everybody's going to be Brock Lesnar. Not everybody's going to be uh, uh, Bobby Lashley. Like, mm -hmm. right. nobody, not everybody's going to be Shayna Baszler. This is what scares me is when you start saying things like that. Because, Legit concern. Right. Because then at the end of the day, now when you have people crossing over, what if it doesn't play out right? Cain Velasquez, you know I mean? anybody? Well, and, and I think Cain Velasquez is the perfect example of why they wouldn't just randomly bring somebody over, um, right. you know, from the UFC. And I think now because there are more eyes on WWE and because WWE has really started to figure out, hey, some of these people who have been great in one space aren't necessarily great in the other. I mean, whether we're talking about the Cain Velasquez's or we're, whether we're talking about, you know, uh, Gable Steveson at this point, right. Right? right? We have enough examples where WWE isn't going to necessarily be comfortable being the fallback plan because much to what you guys said before, there's a certain skill set you need on the mic to come into WWE that 
a lot of the UFC people don't necessarily have. Right. So right. because of that, I think it does, it, you know, it lends itself to a situation where it's not an end all be all. And again, you know, Nick Khan is saying that as a possibility, right. but I don't think it is. It's a possibility versus a for sure deal, you know, like, but that's, right. but, but that's the reason why people wanted Triple H on the board, because if you just focus on the money side, the people on the board for TKO might just be like, yo, this can make us a lot of money. Well, you're arguing you don't have a wrestling voice on the board, so right. things can go sideways. Well, and we'll we'll see. I think it's still so soon in this. Yeah, deal. no, definitely. I'm just saying, like, right. for me as you a know. person that likes to, to watch product, that's one of my concerns. But it, it's just one of those things. Like, I don't want you to mess up something that's happening that's good because you want to see how the money's going to work. The same and way part people, of, was, people but, was concerned about Disney buying because, you know, now you got to really make it PG, then it's a product that's still going to be good. You know what well, I mean? and, and to that end, I look at really WWE, the position they've been in the last year because of Triple H being at creative, literally breaking records every single month. You know, a company like TKO is going to go, well, if it ain't broke, we're not trying to fix right. it because of the kinds of money. I mean, think right. about it. They've already broken the record for WrestleMania gates in the first day for WrestleMania 40 tickets. WrestleMania 39 broke all the previous WrestleMania records. There are too many things that are on paper as records in terms of finances, in terms of socials, in terms of all of the specific deliverables that these companies pay attention to. That's what's going to be really, I think, the deciding factor. But again, we've got a long way to go. All yeah, I know boy. is somewhere, somewhere in the world, Shane McMahon, I hope, got a check because that man's looking like Nostradamus today. Well, you know, there uh, some of the people that did get a check was <laughs> Nick Khan, who I think his check was like $11 million from this sale. Triple H got a check for $5 million from this sale. So there are people who have benefited healthily from right. this sale. Shane, and so, Shane called us in 98, man. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't have been the it wouldn't have been the same if the McMahons would have bought UFC. Let's let's be clear about that. Yeah. But yeah. Shane saw it early. You got to give him that. He did. Yeah, he definitely. did. So, uh yeah, lots of conversation about this particular move and the like, but I want to get to another massive piece of news, which is the first card held under the new TKO ownership which took place at NXT last night and produced a brand new NXT Women's Champion. Chuck, would you like to tell us about this? We predicted this last week when we were we talking did. about Becky and Tiffany going head-to-head, -head, and this is going to be a program that's going to eventually put Tiffany over. And looks like we played our own game on Nostradamus because guess what? The man walked out with her very first NXT title last night. She is and now she's a, a women's grand slam champion. Correct someone, correct she me is. if I'm wrong. She, she is, is she now. Is. Mm -hmm. So I think now the question with 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 this 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 decision is how long do we keep? I mean, like no mercy is what two weeks away now? Uh, about three weeks or two three, weeks away. Two weeks two, from this Saturday. Mm -hmm. Is Thanks it effect? How long do we keep? I mean, is it effective enough to have the the title on Bex for two weeks and have her drop it in two weeks? Do we have a longer run? I mean, I, I believe this is the right booking decision. I think mm -hmm. we all agree that. But when did she drop it to make a? Well, okay, I don't, I don't watch the this, NXT product, but just from outside, 
aspect of it. I'm I'm never I always say this. I'm never big of main rosters coming down to NXT and taking the title. Even even if it means a bigger push in the end. No, because if they really wanted to put uh Tiffany over, they would have had this match on Raw or SmackDown like they Valid do with point. others. If but this was a push to make NXT viewership to go over more than putting the rest over, in my opinion. So to, I'm to, oh, to play devil's advocate. Do you think uh Braun Breaker's rivalry with Ziggler helped him at all? No. Zero. No. I disagree. I, I don't I think do it helped. Because at the end of the day, just to be honest, Zig, when Ziggler went down there, he wasn't doing anything on the main roster. And after he did that, he's still not doing anything. If you want things like this to matter, yeah, Becky would have been perfect. But if you would have did it on the main roster stage and let it play out there, you let it play out in NXT that you publicly have already made known as your developmental, it doesn't do anything, in my opinion. Well, the only me- the only danger in that is we have a situation like with Gargano and with Ciampa. Remember when Ricochet, they kind of called them up, then mm-hmm. they brought them back. So are they, it's like, are they main roster? Are they still in NXT? So it's kind of like if you're going to pull that trigger, you have to go fully. But I understand. I'm sorry, Professor. I mean to interrupt, man. Please. No, you're, you're good. I want to, before I share my thoughts, I want to pose this question, uh, which is kind of piggybacking off of something that Blue said. And the question is, what are your thoughts on uh, what we have deemed as main roster talent being Raw or SmackDown holding championships from NXT. Because what's interesting right now is you have two of the four champions in NXT uh, exist on the main roster. That would be the women's champion uh, and the North American champion, that being held by Dominic Mysterio. So I want to find out from you guys in the chat if your thought, what your thoughts are on these main roster talents holding these NXT championships. So me, while they're on, talking let about, the, let me answer Nikki real quick because she asked if I don't watch the product, then how do I ever know? It's just, it's just a thing of it, it. It doesn't make sense. The same way when people from Ring of Honor from AEW holding Ring of Honor titles, like I'm, I'm not a big fan of that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, let the shows play out what they're supposed to. At least with Ring of Honor, those people go back and actually go to the pay per views, things of that nature. Do we really see Becky being in the next T for the next three months? Well, I so I I think we have to to talk about a few things here. Um, I think one of the first questions that comes into mind is what is NXT right now? Um, and the reason why I ask that question is, you know, during the NXT 2.0 days, it was deemed to be developmental. Since that point, Nick Khan, who was the same person that made it developmental has since said that he believes NXT could be its own separate third brand. And it's been since that point that we have seen several main roster stars make their way to NXT, uh, whether that is a Baron Corbin, Apollo Crews, you know, uh, right now the, uh, um, uh, I'm seeing that the tag team, uh, Umberto and uh, Garza, uh, they've made their way there. There are a number of former or current main roster talents that are in NXT right now. Not all of them have championships. Dominic goes down, wins a championship. That championship has appeared on um, Raw. SmackDown has been defended, you know, uh, in other spaces in terms of NXT and the like. So I think to, to understand this, we have to get a clear definition 
on what NXT currently is. Um, and I don't think, I think right now it's kind of a hybrid. It's a hybrid between clearly having developmental elements, but also having multiple elements that are third brandish. I mean, how many times have we seen uh, Carmelo and Trick find their way on to the main roster, whether it's backstage, in the crowd, in the ring? Um, you know, we've seen that. And the multiple mentions of NXT on Raw and SmackDown. It is getting promoted a lot more and referenced a lot more than it was during its 2.0 days. So there's that. I got a few other thoughts, but I want to get to some of these comments uh, that are here. Nikki says that this is great booking. Uh, Cedric said, Becky gave Tiff arguably her best match to date. There's no debate on that at all because that was Absolutely a fantastic not. match. Uh, Boza says, I thought Becky would have lost and this would have justified her reign. Um, I think, and I know we talked about this idea before that at some point it's going to come back around for uh, Tiffany to get the win over Becky. And it's just a question of, of when. Uh, Boza says it keeps Becky busy for a while because it's clear her versus Rhea is the end goal, but it feels like a WrestleMania type stage. And uh, <laughs> oh, you guys can read the rest. All right. Uh, uh, you, you know what? I, I, you know, that comparison of defining what NXT is, it's kind of like AAA baseball right now. Mm. You're in the major league. You may need to go tune up down there. It would send mm -hmm. you back down to the AAA and move you right back up. Not to say mm -hmm. Becky Lynch needed any tuning up, because that's exactly yeah. what we're not saying. Right. But she did need a fresh feud, given she just finally wrapped things up with Trish. Yeah. So right. it's it's almost like the baseball farm system. You go to the majors, you get called up, you get called down, you tighten up your swing. You may have gotten hurt, so you got to rehab a little bit, and you go back up to, to the main roster. So... Maybe that's the way they're looking at it, but you're, but again, we're back to what is NXT? What is the definition of it? It's it's very much. It's not we're together. We're not you're not broken up. It's complicated. That's where right. it is right it's now. It, I like that. It's complicated. It's it's complicated. You know, the other thing that makes this interesting too is I think we're having to understand that there are multiple stories at work here. The right. thing that we can honestly say about all of these moments is there were other stories woven into them. For instance, you know, firstly, we have to acknowledge anytime anybody comes from Raw or SmackDown to NXT, they're all automatically treated as a main event star. They're, re, you know, the crowd responds to them that way. They're handled in that way. So for a Ziggler at that particular point, and again, remember, this was during the 2.0 stage. Right. For Ziggler to come down during what was clearly defined as developmental was major. Uh, for Ziggler to win that title in a triple threat was major. For Ziggler to then retain at Stand and Deliver that weekend was major. And then for, uh, for Braun Breaker to regain the title on the Raw after Mania, all major moments. Uh, what we're seeing with a Dominic Mysterio, him winning the NXT title, I believe, goes into the larger story of Judgment Day and their control over all things WWE. And now they all have belts, you know, which makes Judgment Day look completely different than if, you know, Dom did not have a belt. And then I think with Becky, there's the story of, I think, what started as a Freudian slip. Right. Uh, <laughs> 
turned into a story where, okay, now Becky can finally go back and win the one title she's never won. You know, right. so there are there are stories which again makes this argument that it could be viewed as a third brand if we're continuing stories that weave across all three brands, which I think is interesting. Let me get to, to some more of these comments because there are a bunch of them. Um Bobby has a good question. Who else on the NXT roster should wrestle against Becky Lynch for the NXT Women's Championship? I'm intrigued by some of your answers to that. Boza says it feels like Nick Khan is saying with this main roster stars holding title that this version of NXT can't draw. Nick Khan looks at ratings. Okay, so I'm going to say this for like the umpteenth time. Uh, nobody in WWE is looking at ratings. What they're really looking at are social media. Uh, nobody looks views. at ratings anymore, period. Period. <laughs> so no company. Like nobody. For instance, and I think we talked about this last week as NXT was going off the air. The moment that happened going off the air with Braun Breaker and Von Wagner, where it looked like Von Wagner's head was being crushed and they completely faded to black, right? Yeah. That right. was designed for a social media moment. Yeah. You know, the moment of Becky Lynch winning this championship, purely social. Matter of fact, the match was made because of social media, because all the people on Twitter immediately responded to that promo and said, hey, Becky Lynch is not an NXT Women's Champion. And they responded to it in the show. Yeah. So I think we have to move from the space where we think that ratings are the needle mover here. Yeah. They're not. They're not. They're not. They're not. If that were the case, then we would have obviously seen some different things happen with an NXT or we would have seen the panic button hit this past week on Monday Night Raw when Raw got a rather low rating, but that was because they were head-to-head -head with Monday Night Football's opening, right? right. It's really all about the – so matter of fact, when you, when you see the numbers that Triple H talks about, whether that is on those media scrums or you know in their quarterly uh, business report, They've never mentioned ratings in the last three years. They've talked about what our social media views are year over year, month over month. You know, they talk about that is the currency right now that matters the most. So I want us to always remember that if they're sending somebody from Raw or SmackDown to NXT, a big part of that is what's going to happen on social, right? How, is it going to go viral? How many impressions? How many views? All of those kinds of things. Because when we came, when we came out of Rumble, Mania, uh, all those pay-per-views, the first graphic that they started airing on Raw was, you know, 40 million views for the end of the Royal Rumble on social right. media. Nobody talked about how many people actually ordered the pay-per-view. Yeah. So now we offering it at 10 bucks a head now. But that this leads to a, a devil's advocate point I have to bring up because ratings mm -hmm. still are discussed. How do you go to the negotiating table with Fox, with Disney, with Peacock, and say, here's our social media numbers versus what is our draw with advertisers? How does that play into the television deals coming up here. It's just out of curiosity. What you're saying is right, absolutely right, Professor. I'm just thinking from a boardroom standpoint, if I'm trying to convince sure. a 60, 70 year old old man who does not have a TikTok or an Instagram 
and mm-hmm. doesn't know a YouTube from a from a a, a swimsuit tube, <laughs> right. you know. How does that how does that work at the negotiating table when these rights are up? I feel like it plays. I'll say this without the professor because he he probably know more than I do. I feel like that plays more into the side of WWE or whatever whoever is trying to get some of that deal because at the end of the day, people aren't watching TV like they used to. Right. So that's that's now you're looking at the television companies like why should I come to you at this point because nobody's watching you guys anymore. Nobody's watching these things live unless they're streaming it. They may have cable, but most most people now are just streaming it from the apps. Right. So there's no commercials really getting watched either. You skip ad, you're good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like so, <laughs> at the aspect and to be honest with you, a lot of these companies hold weight because now they can say like, "But nobody's watching you guys. You guys are becoming obsolete. You're not radio. Radio is the only thing that I believe that cannot be written out of question." Which is that's another debate, which I won't, yeah, I won't whole, get into that. That's a whole other world. I'm just sorry. Yeah, that's, 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 that's what but here's, the other, here's the other side of it, though, because, you know, while people aren't necessarily watching cable, uh, they are watching in other spaces, whether that's Hulu Live, YouTube Live, all of those other spaces. Sweet. And in those spaces, those commercials are still very much airing. Yeah. So whether you watch it, you know, and and now if you don't want the commercials to air, you have to pay a higher premium. Yep. But other than that, you know, you're going to get those commercials. So I think there are definitely updated ways in the business room that they are able to present this. Because, again, if this brand is worth certain a certain amount of money, you can shop it differently than strictly tv ratings right right and for a wwe if you look at a lot of what they've been doing this year they've had more partnerships with folks like cinnamon toast crunch and and these (laughs) other you know people got mad back in uh, january about the mountain dew lights out match well one of the reasons that happened is because of the sponsorship r.i.p bray wyatt um he froze oh shoot he froze but yeah, to this point, like this is the same when we, people are buying sponsorship inside matches. You see the signage around the ring. You see the signage right. on the ring posters. It's different ways to get the advertisers involved. I feel like this plays more to the cable companies' realm of of issues because now they got to figure Absolutely. out another way to stay relevant. Because now a lot of these channels again are creating their own space, and it goes from there. Um, to the comment, we'll go back to the chat real quick. Uh, when they said that um, Becky just tweeted ratings, Rebecca. Um, yeah, the wrestlers are always going to use it to their advantage. We've seen Chris Jericho call, him, call himself the ratings god in the beginning as well. The demo, the demo positive, god, right, right. Yeah, the demo god. Like, if it's positive, they're going to use it to their advantage no matter what what's going on. If it's a bump or jump, whatever the case may be. Right. But in reality, um, nobody, like, the people in the executive, what we're saying is the people in the rooms, like the boardrooms, executive rooms, the people that are higher ups that's dealing with the monies, Right, they're not looking at ratings like they used to. If you're not pulling ratings like the NFL, where they're getting like 30 million views a game and stuff like that, they're not. It's not the same way as when wrestling used to be back in the day. A lot of people stream stuff. A lot of people DV, um, T, um, DVR and and honestly, some people just watch segments on YouTube. I was about to say, <laughs> man. I was wait when we got a. Uh oh, we got a, a text from the professor. Now my internet is acting funky. Okay, so the professor he's me back in a minute. Yeah, it's that the internet is acting funky on him real quick. But back to to your point, it's an it's an analytics game. It's a digital analytics game because what you just said to that, like if sometimes I don't have time to sit through three hours of raw. A lot of us don't. So 
It's up on YouTube. You right. can watch any more extended clips on the Fox version, you know, the Fox commercials or, or the USC. <laughs> right. And you get what you need to get and you can keep it pushing. You can get to a three hour show in 40 minutes just with the clips. Yeah, definitely. I, just like how people get lost on Instagram, people get lost on, on TikTok, just scrolling through. There's playlists now. Like I was looking at um, Impact stuff today. Impact put every segment from Victory 100 up on YouTube. Wow. So you can watch every segment on their own. And this is how you generate now. I was watching Wrestlers up on Netflix. I don't know if you guys know that they're doing a documentary. They did a documentary on OVW. And the new. Right, owners, right, right. I want to check that out. Um, well, there's a part where Al Snow talks about trying to get. They still have TV every week and locally. Um, and the, the new partners are looking, I'm like, look, do you have to look, there's other ways to make this. Yeah. You're still doing the streaming services, but TV is not it no more. You have to learn how to do things more on the media realm. Everybody's trying to find ways to switch around from the, from the TV version. Cause nobody's at home watching it live. In this yeah, we- case, it was, um, it was a jump from, um, Joshua, Joseph Boza said it was a jump from 673,000 to 850,000 in a week. That's a big jump. And that's Becky. That's her star power. Right. And that's it's not going to change. Um, again, I understand like how they're trying to make uh, NXT a third brand and, and incorporating, and I understand there might be storylines behind it. Um, in my opinion, like I said, if if this was for NXT viewership, like you said, you used that as an example. Um, if this is for Tiffany to put Tiffany over, I believe you do that on the main roster. Not in, not in the that the, context, right? Like the way they did with Braun Baker, and they had him versus Ziggler on Raw. They didn't like the outcome of that. That's why they never brought it back. But so, see, also the the other side of look at this, also, and to to your point, you didn't see a lot of crossover in NXT during the Black and Gold days. It was a self contained nah. universe. The only time they, they really crossed it. over, <laughs> they the didn't only, need it. The only time they were, they ever crossed over was Survivor Series time. And look what they did. They, they demolished they everybody. They went major. <laughs> they went over. They were so over. They went over the cliff. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They went over everybody. And then Vince was like, I don't like this. But <laughs> because they've they booked them, the island. <laughs> because they've booked themselves in this situation to where, as we're speaking, you know, just a second ago with the professor about this thing being a hybrid, almost a triple A baseball situation. Right. Now you got to call in some big guns to come down and yeah. give the golden rub. It's just. That's, that's where it is. If you're, gonna, that's, if you're gonna do it, it has to be the Becky Lynch's. It can't be the, the Dolph Ziggler's and the Barry Gordon's. Like, no, no disrespect to those guys. It has to be that's people that's in current storyline that has people eyes on them. Like I said, after Dolph Ziggler, before Dolph Ziggler did that, he wasn't doing anything. After Dolph Ziggler did that, that is, he's that not is doing true. anything. So how that does true. that help Braun Breaker? This can help true. out Tiffany. Make this play out on the main roster. Now, going back to my original question, how long do does Becky hold the belt? It, two two weeks won't be enough to play out that storyline because yeah. No Mercy here is almost two weeks away. Does she drop the belt in Bakersfield, and that's the end of that? I don't. Now, if they do that, I don't think you got the full stretch of the rivalry there. I think you should yeah. at least get a at least at least get a month of this at the very least. So you want Becky to show up for a couple of Tuesdays. It's gonna have to uh, for it to for this to be efficient. But Tiffany, but Tiffany has to show up. Oh on yeah, the main roster it's, as well. It's gonna happen. There's gonna be that crossover, I and mean, she showed up in the in the crowd at Payback. So, but for this to be efficient, it can't be a quick handoff. Then, then it kind of defeats the purpose of getting Tiffany over. You gotta have to have her go through hell a little bit. Have to go through the story. Got to ch- have her chase a little bit. You have to have her chase a little bit, and then fulfill it. Beat Becky. 
you get the handshake in the middle of the ring, boom, we have that. But if that's not the case, if this is a quick two weeks and handoff, I don't think you're going to do anybody any justice by doing this. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it's Tiffany they're trying to elevate here. Becky doesn't need it. She doesn't great, need it. Great. It's the story of she finally got the belt she's never gotten in her career. She got her but grand slam. She's the last four, four horsewomen to get the grand slam. Right. Which is a feel-good story. Right. But the main goal here is not for bet for Becky to get her final title that she needed to get to make it a, uh, a, a grand slam champion. The point here was to get this younger talent over. That's the point of this. So no, that's uh, the- uh, I was looking at Nikki's comment that Tiffany still served, and that was the best one with her entire reign. This will only elevate her. She is not that round orange <laughs> broad. No, I get that, but just like in it's just like in rest, just the business in general, it's the put over. If Becky's gonna put her over, it has to make sense, and that's the end of it. <laughs> right. gonna, if, if Tiffany's the one that's gonna carry NXT through these next couple of months, years, or whatever, she needs that rub. That's how, how it's always been. That's just the, the psychology of wrestling. Always. And, of course, to move on to psychology and also big news, the new spot of the Royal Rumble for next year has been announced. So yeah. it looks like we are going to Tampa Bay here. That will be uh, the 37th Royal Rumble. They will be having it at Tropicana Field. If Didn't they have it at Tropicana Field during the pandemic? Or correct me if I'm wrong, because I swear they've had the Rumble there before. I there don't he goes. Professor's uh, back. Guess who's back? Back, yeah, back right? The Professor's internet just back. decided to, to just. Hey man, it's all good. Stuff, but it happens. But you were talking uh, about the uh, rumble, yes? Yes. Yeah. Before you guys get to that, I was waiting for Professor to come back. I got a kids to go feed. You already know. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm, and I'm sorry because I didn't mean for us to. It's all right. Like, it's all right. As long Things as happen. Is, so my apologies. <laughs> There's no so problem. Tell everybody how they can reach you, man. You see the cheap plug on this side. Sorry. You see the cheap plug. Follow me at For Your Wear. Follow me at Blue Magic Grounds for How It Sound. Um, capsule your favorite indie wrestlers merch. Some podcasts when wrestling talk is up there. Uh, I'll be here once a week at least moving forward. Uh, trying to fill out, finish figuring out the schedule. I'm down here. It's always great to have you to spend time with you guys. And that's about it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, make sure you are following Blue and checking out all of the great things that Blue has with For Your Wear, all of the great uh, spaces that support him. And of course, Women's Wrestling Talk has tons of great merch there as well. Thank you, kind sir. I didn't look. The EST of 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 wwt that's not my fault <laughs> I, I i don't make no no worries I, don't, don't even worry about the chat. it they know who i'm talking to this, no. is, this is not on me this is not my mm-hmm. fault all right yo it's my boy good. blue okay all right all right so now let's get to this rumble situation because in terms of it being at tropicana field so it technically was but it's during the thunderdome era Correct. Where that's they had no people. So that's what um what happened with that. But uh yeah, so it's really the first time that Rumble has been in front of an audience uh in Tampa Bay since 1995. Wow. So that is a pretty big deal. And we know there's a great relationship between Florida and the WWE. So for all who have been asking uh about the Royal Rumble. 2024 it's going to be in tampa bay it's going to be cool to see tropicana field not as the thunderdome but filled with all sorts of uh great wonderful people it'll be amazing um to watch now 
tell me what else did we go over while I was away? We we were going on about NXT pretty much the ah, entire okay. time. Uh, okay, we didn't cool. get a chance to cover the uh, PWI going from well, let's, to 250. Let's go over that right now because, you know, with this being women's wrestling talk, absolutely, uh, some important women's wrestling information. So for those who are unfamiliar, the PWI 150, well, first of all, PWI, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, the most respected and long-term wrestling publication in the business, uh, just a few years back started doing certain things like the PWI 500, where they named the 500 top wrestlers in the world, where they also had the uh, PWI 100 for the top tag teams. And then they started the PWI 150, uh, chronicling the top women's wrestlers of the year. Well, they have made a decision, which I think in light of a lot of the discussion that we've been having here at Women's Wrestling Talk is massive. For all the talk in terms of, you know, women's wrestling not getting the kinds of platforms it's supposed to be getting in all of these other spaces. If you want to pay attention and put your energy on some news, here's the news to put it on. As the PWI is expanding its women's 150 to now be a women's 250, which means 100 more females will be added to this list. 100 more women's wrestlers will be recognized. And let's just acknowledge how incredible it is that there are so many women's wrestlers. Absolutely. You can expand this list to be 250 women's wrestlers. I want to get your thoughts in the chat about this. We put a lot of energy into some other things. Let's put some energy into this. What you think about the PWI 250. What do you think about this, Chuck? The first thing I think about this is now that so there's no excuse not to have more women on TV. <laughs> Five, yeah, right there. That's my first thought. If this list expanded 100 more women, you know, to to grace the square circle in, in a top list like this, there's no excuse not to have more women in programming. There's more women in the ring now and skilled mm-hmm. women. So yeah. I, as far as I'm concerned, you know, there, there's not a lack of a talent pool at mm-hmm. all, mm-hmm. at all. And I think that that shows how the growth of women's wrestling has been, especially in the last decade. And it's it's a beautiful gesture. And I think not even a gesture, it's just become a fact. It's hard, yes. it's, you can't ignore it anymore. I don't even want to think, a gesture is not even, the, I think, the right word. I think it's it, it's making noise of you are undeniable now. Things are yeah. undeniable. Because yeah. there's a difference between, oh, we'll give you some love or things. To, to be truly successful in this world, you got to be undeniable. Mm-hmm. And I think it's mm-hmm. undeniable that the respect level for the women in the square circle has to elevate. It has elevated, but it needs to now reflect in the programming on television as well. But props to PW, uh, PWI for, for expanding their list. Absolutely. Some great thoughts out here. Uh, Cedric says, this is huge. Boza says, so glad PWI is now 250, which I'm excited about. Bobby says, I like that they're doing the women's 250. Moses says, women's wrestling is in a great space with this list now at 250. I genuinely feel like the timing of this is perfect because there was a time previously that we might not have been able to name 250 women's wrestlers. You know, so I think this is interesting. JD says, I feel like outside of a top 20, it all just becomes noise and arbitrary shuffling around numbers. But I guess if it gives them the rub... Okay. I, I mean, you can kind of argue that even with the men's list to an extent, there's always a debate. But at the end of the day, these lists, no one's getting a payday from these lists. This is a 
put you on the radar type situation, any kind of press to put someone in a, in a, in a bigger spotlight in their promotion or go to a better promotion and possibly get a paycheck that's bigger in their pocket. What is this about? What's the old saying? This business is about checks and championships. Absolutely. <laughs> this less helps with that. So there's, you a know, it's, in it. it's interesting too, because I, I hearken back to last year's PWI women's 150, where there was a lot of noise because of the incredible presence of stardom in the top 10. And a lot of people had questions like, we don't even know who some of these people are, you know. And we also saw that on the men's list where they added a number of wrestlers either from CMLL, AAA, uh, 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 New Japan, right. All Japan. And so what these lists, what all of these lists ultimately do whether they are pro wrestling lists, you know, the top 50 hip hop albums of all time, the top 50 songs, these lists are designed to create conversation. Correct. And so what a number of the parties do is obviously you want to get people who, you know, have a degree of credibility on the subject, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, figure out how you're going to handle your rankings. But at the end of the day, you want it to be something that people talk about. Whether that is conversation from I agree with the list, I disagree with the list, the list is but but with all of it, you want the list to at least appear credible. Right. right. And so that's where, you know, you have to work hard to see to it that, you know, the list is really reflective of the time period. And so, as you can imagine, we're getting to a point where we'll be soon talking about some of these PWI lists. And uh, as we like to do when we get to those is we like to always go over the parameters because what's important is, you know, you might be basing what this list looks like off of the last six weeks of television. Right. But if the last six weeks of television aren't included in that uh, observation period, then we're talking about two different things. So either way, this is a good moment. And I'm going to go so far as to say it's not just a good moment for those on TV. But I think it's a good moment for independent wrestling as well. Yes. Because what I don't think people realize is the struggle that you're seeing on television also exists in some independent wrestling territories. Oh, where yeah. Some of these independent wrestling territories don't believe in women's wrestling. And so, yeah, it's a battle at every space of, uh, of pro wrestling. And I'm really, really glad that we're out of space to be able to do it. So a couple of quick news. I, my God, I didn't realize what time it was. A couple of quick news items. Um, let's talk about this news with Edge, mm. which is an interesting <laughs> bit of late breaking news. Chuck, would you like to tell the people about what's going on with Edge? WWE, it's been reporting, it's PW Insider that reported this, that Edge has been taken off the internal roster. There is no future plans for Edge, and there has been talking maybe AEW bound. Mm -hmm. I I know there's been rumbles of it for a couple weeks. I know he went on social media and addressed it, saying he had a new contract in his email. Didn't say what was in that contract, or he agreed or disagreed with that contract. But I think Edge, this is definitely whatever Edge is going to do here is going to be his last contract. I think we all yeah. kind of see that coming. Yeah. So it's like, why not get one more big payday? Mm -hmm. why not what else in wwe has he not accomplished he's to me he's he's especially with his comeback story that yeah. pop at the rumble yeah i mean that's just as the, the the picture we're showing right here he's done it all there he's done yeah. it all so it's yeah. 
It's 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 why not? I mean, I would even incline to say not him just being uh obviously on TV. They need a veteran, more veterans in that locker room. Mm, Badly. Yeah, yeah. I think Tony, if you have guys like Brian Danielson, Edge, Jericho's course has been, and I'm talking about guys who have wrestled. There, of course, we're right. not talking about the the Jim Rosses and the Shivani's and you know right. everybody else. I'm talking about guys who've been in the rink. Yeah. If you have a guy like Danielson and an edge and and also jericho they need more veteran voices in that locker room to kind of keep it together and kind of show like hey what we're doing is unique don't right. let your ego get the best of you don't mess right. this up you right. know just thank you does um mm-hmm. the, the natural dustin Rhodes. Yeah. i can't we can't forget about what about gold dust so yeah yeah they, i think even if he only let's say maybe wrestles six seven matches just mm-hmm. that knowledge, that wealth, that uh, a wealth of information and his willingness. Like you saw yeah. when he came back on the second run, he wanted to work with a lot of guys and just and gals and give that information down. So I think Ed would be a big asset behind the scenes, I think, yeah. more so just in the rink. I agree. It would be uh, something intriguing. Let's see. Cedric asks, would an AEW run tarnish his legacy? Depending how they book him. That? Depending yeah. how they book him. Yeah. I, I would agree. I I would also say that looking at what W AEW has done with the legends they've had, they've put all of their legends in really good positions. Mm-hmm. You know, from Jericho to Billy Gunn Sting, to Sting. <laughs> Sting. I mean, run. like they have handled them very, very well. So if he were to go over, I think it would be uh, a great, great move. So a couple of quick comments that are happening on the pwi 150 question is do you think mercedes or trinity will be on the pwi 150 nikki says to qualify you have to wrestle 10 matches not sure if mercedes will qualify this year still has time she also thinks that trinity is number one and uh, mercedes has five matches in the calendar year for pwi as of now, so she's not qualified. She'll It'll be make, very. She'll make that list. The sky is like the, the question. Will she make it? The sky blue. Yeah, she's gonna make it. Yeah, I. So sky I, blue's gonna. And she look. Sky blue will probably make it exactly, too. Like look, I actually think they might adjust whatever their uh, uh, qualifications are to ensure. Because here's the other problem. The other problem is if Mercedes Monet is not on this list. Oh man, the people are gonna go crazy. And so I think it'll be interesting to see how they measure this and if they hold to that 10 matches during the year or not. And J.D. mentions uh, Christian Cage. He's another legend that's doing some great, great oh, work. Ma- so they've handled, work. They've handled those legends well. All right. We, I think, are going to go into Excalibur mode real quick. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> here we go with our Excalibur mode. Velvet Sky has announced on Twitter that she will no longer be a part of the NWA. Velvet was doing commentary with NWA for a lot of their pay-per-views, the only female commentator they had for quite some time. We don't know all of the details behind it, but she was very, very gracious in her note on X to uh, Billy Corgan, the NWA, and she hopes to see everyone down the road. Uh, Maxine Dupree walked the uh, red car. Well, not the red car, but she actually was part of the New York fashion show that happened over the weekend. And uh, she was joined by the one and only Triple H who sat in the stands and uh, watched. And I believe Nick Khan or someone else of great importance was Chef there as well. Bezos was next to him. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Jeff Bezos. Mm. Yeah, I said somebody of great importance. (laughs) He would certainly qualify. Uh, Steph DeLander has been talking quite a bit about what this new run for her has been on the independent circuit. All of the things that she has learned uh, by being a part of it and things that she learned from WWE that she was able to add to this run. A very, very big run that she has had uh, for her. So I am excited about that. Last but not least, uh, there were some comments about CM Punk coming from Nick Khan in question, will he end up in WWE? And Nick Khan ultimately said, hey, we respect CM Punk and we wish him well in his future endeavors. That sounds like a glorified no. Yeah. We won't see Punk in WWE anytime soon. And that is your Excalibur minute, minute and a half, two minutes of WWT Live News. One fifteen, right. Professor. You did good, uh-huh. man. You did good. That's great. You that's, did we got good. four or five in there. So that's pretty awesome. Beat that wrestle talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So with that said, we want to uh, make sure you can reach out to us. What a show it's been today. It's been absolutely yes. crazy. Uh, DJ Chuck, let the people know how they can reach out to you. On Instagram, at the old soul HFP. Also on TikTok, uh, at Honor Flow Productions. Uh, also my group, Honor Flow Productions, on on um, on uh, Instagram as well. Check out Alan, The Black Odyssey. Check out all our music videos on YouTube and everything else that's going on with us, man. Good music for your soul. Absolutely. And uh, Boza did mention one other thing that I was going to mention. So let me just throw this up here in 15 seconds. Impact 1000 premieres Mm. tomorrow night. And I say premieres because it is going to be a two week event. It was too big to just have in one week. So it'll be two weeks and uh, it should be amazing. A big 10 woman tag match is involved with Trinity, uh, Gail Kim, Awesome Kong and several others on that side. We'll see the return of the beautiful people. And many others. So it should be great, great, great. Impact 1000, two weeks starting tomorrow. And I believe one of those episodes is going to be even more than two hours. So that's pretty exciting. Also, the, the, the return of the Dudley Boys, too, in one of those episodes. That's as well. right. The Dudley Boys are back uh, on, or Team 3D are going to be back for Impact 1000. So it's really going to be something very, very special that you guys are not going to want to miss. Now, you can check me on the socials at Bonnerfied uh, across all of those spaces. Also, you can check out my commentary work with Southern Honor Wrestling on IWTV. And I premiered with a brand new promotion this weekend called Intense Wrestling Entertainment, IWE out of Augusta, Georgia. Some great things happening there. You'll be able to check out those shows on IWTV, I believe, starting this week. So I'm really excited about that. Congratulations, Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Along with uh, Battle Slam on Fight TV and All Things Nightmare Factory, we've got another Nightmare Factory student showcase coming up at the top of October. So be on the lookout for that. Of course, you can check out all things women's wrestling talk at WW Talk Pod across all of the socials. Great, great content. Of course, on the website, www.talkpod.com. Interviews with Soraya, interviews with the returning Jade Cargill. And you never know who's going to show up, but it's clear that things are really top tier here on Women's Wrestling Talk, where we get the whole world talking. So it's very, very exciting. Thank you to everybody in the chat. There are so many people, Boza and Bobby and Cedric and both of the salt shakers I saw in there. Uh, I thought I saw Ronell in there and JD and and all of the people that have come through today to make this again another lively and wonderful conversation. We appreciate all that you guys are doing to help keep what we are doing going and going well. So remember, our show will be back here 
on Friday, same bat time, same bat channel. But we have tons of other shows to check out here on this network, and we'll let you know about that. But until then, representing for our entire team and the boss and the boss lady, TK Trinidad, I'm the Professor Gerard Bonner, and this is Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. Hey, peeps, TK Trinidad here, boss lady of Women's Wrestling Talk. And I want to say thank you so much for watching because you've got millions of options. Plus, you don't have to worry about sharing your password to check us out. But while you're here, hopefully you know we have so many more shows to watch, like Turnbuckle Glam, Raw Post Show, WOW Post Show, AEW Dynamite Post Show, Women's Wrestling Army Post Show, NXT Post Show, Impact Wrestling Post Show, AW Rampage and SmackDown Live Post Show, On the Scroll, ROH Post Show, WWT Live, plus all of our interviews with the hottest women's wrestlers in the game. Make sure that you like, comment, and subscribe. Check out our website at www.talkpod.com and follow us on all social media platforms at www.talkpod and make sure to spread the word. That means send this to the group chat. Yes, even the person with the green bubble. Thanks again so much for watching Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. Ciao for now. Women's Wrestling Talk, the number Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet.